praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. You might be seated this morning. Amen. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about the flow of God and how that we are to be that river, how we are to be that flow of God. And uh, today we're going to talk about some of the spirits that will stop the flow of God in your life. Amen. I mean, no, the enemy will come to stop the flow of God. Amen. But when we know what the enemy is up to, then we expose him for who he is and he can no longer work in our lives in that area. Amen. And so I want to talk about a couple of spirits here this morning. And uh, throughout the next few weeks, we'll be talking and dealing with them. And so uh, if you find yourself dealing with some of these, we're just going to trust God and believe God at the end of this service today that God will minister to your life. Amen. Job chapter 41 in verse number 1. Job 41 in verse number 1. He says, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or a snare, his tongue with a line which you lower? Can you put a reed through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many supplications to you? Will he speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you? Will you take him as a servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird, or will you leash him for your maidens? Will you, your companions make a banquet for him? Will they, uh, will they appropriation him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him. Remember the battle. Lay your hand on him. Remember the battle. Never do it again. Indeed, any hope of overcoming him is false. Shall one not be overwhelmed at the sight of him? No one is so furious that he would dare stir him up. Who then is able to stand against me? Who has... Uh, preceded me that I should pay him. Everything under heaven is mine. I will not conceal his limbs, his mighty power, or his graceful proportions. I want to talk to you here this morning, first of all, on this spirit of Leviathan. The Bible is very clear here in stating that before you go to battle him, you need to understand the cost of that. The book of Job here is describing this demonic spirit that has come up against him and begins to speak about fighting with it on your own power. And he concludes that it is impossible within yourself to defeat this spirit of Leviathan that he is talking about. 
you must understand that you can't just come into the kingdom of God and, and go through the blood of Jesus Christ and then just dart in and dart out and play games with the world. He is telling us that you're fooling yourself if you think that you can just play games with the enemy, that he will take you out. He will destroy you. He will devour you. Knowing Scripture isn't enough. Knowing, be having positive confessions isn't enough. You must know God you must, and you must know who you are in God. And all of us have fallen prey to the enemy at times in our lives. We have prayed, we have spoken the word, and yet we have still got in our spiritual teeth kicked in. How is that? It's because we prayed, we spoke the word, but we did not overcome that spirit by the spirit of God. Uh, Joe, uh, uh, the Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit. Amen. And so we must have the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the power of God working in our lives simultaneously, amen, to conquer the enemy, amen. You must understand that we come against him in the power of God, the Word of God, amen, and not in our flesh. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. And when you run and you cower in frustration and confusion because he, he, we thought that it was going to turn out a different way than what it has, and we become confused. Amen? Have you ever found yourself in the place that the more you tried, the more confused you got? Amen? There is a spirit behind that. The spirit will oppress a home. It will oppress the workplace. But it loves to work in churches that wants to bring confusion. Amen. God is not the author of confusion. Amen. He is, he is the one that articulates and tells it well. And so that we are able to comprehend and understand the thing. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 8, it said, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world, and he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. And they're still here today bringing confusion. They're still here today trying to destroy relationships. In Isaiah 27 and verse 1, he said, In that day the Lord with his servants, a severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, uh, that flee, fleeing serpent. Leviathan is that twisting serpent. Amen. And he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. Notice here that, uh, first of all, that this spirit operates under the water. It's not something that you see with the natural eye. It is not something that you see going on that operates in a, a, a fashion that is powerful or, or with authority. It's an undermining. It's an undercurrent. It is something that stays underneath the surface, but all the while it is working to take you out. All the while it is causing confusion and chaos in your life. 
All of the while, it is there to try to confuse and bring confusion to whatever it is, if it is in a relationship at work, if it is in your marriage, if it is in the church, whatever it is, the spirit of Leviathan works under the current to try to bring confusion and chaos to a relationship to try to destroy it. Amen. One of the ways that Satan tries to destroy is through confusion. And confusion comes through two things. Confusion comes out of pride, number one, and rejection. You cannot defeat the spirit by yourself on your own power. You must come against him in the power of the anointing and the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible said, for our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. And God showed Job that this spirit that was trying to work in his life would come to a spirit of pride, which is a false lifting. It is a false sense of self. It is a false view of others. All right. False in lifting. We lift ourselves up higher than we should. We talk about ourselves and think as if though we are the only ones that's got uh, smart enough to figure this thing out. Amen. And then we suppress other people to make ourselves look better. And when this Leviathan spirit is working in you, you think you're the only one that knows. Pastor is dumb. Your companion don't understand, and your boss is an idiot. And you're the only one that's got this thing figured out. Amen. Beware. I said beware. Because the Bible said that there is wisdom in the counsel of many. Amen. He wasn't talking about dial 9100 witch either. He wasn't talking about getting on the internet and, and saying, you know, what do you think about this? He was talking about wise counsel and how that it was important. And so whenever you begin to run things by wise counsel and you have six of them say that ain't right, you continue to go on and do it out of pride. I'm telling you, you're under a spirit of confusion that's going to destroy you. Amen. You're not the only one that will ever discern a thing. Amen. You set yourself up for failure the moment that you think that you're more spiritual than everybody else. The moment that you think that you have arrived, you will fall. The Bible said that pride always comes before the fall. You fall when you you are filled with pride. Pride will cause you to miss opportunities because we're always shadow boxing and fighting something that's not there. We're beating the wind. And people think that they are spiritual, but they're really confused. The more spiritual you become, the more humble you become. Amen. I've seen people that have told me that they are all of that. And they don't have the anointing to blow the fuzz off a peach let alone fight the devil. But I've seen other people that know the word of God, know the power of God, know the voice of God, and they're not out bragging and boasting, but they are seeing the manifestation of God's power in their life. Amen. 
Whenever God uses you, you keep your head down, your mouth shut, and he'll be the one that'll exalt you. Amen. The Spirit will cause us to be have pride in ourselves. Amen. And we think we're the only one that's got the revelation. If you have all the revelation and you don't have a relationship, what good is it? You might have all of this, but Leviathan is proud of his image. Religion is always proud of the image. It's always wanting to boast about the image. But Leviathan is described as a twisting serpent. It will cause us to think that we know everything. It will cause us to make assumptions about other people and circumstances without knowing the facts. Amen. The whole purpose of confusion coming into our lives is so that we can divide, be divided and come between us and someone else. Amen. To pit us against one another. The whole thing is to break relationships. And if he can get those relationships broken, then he can destroy the structure or the body. Whether it be a family, whether it be a church, whether it be at work, if he can bring chaos and confusion to the place, then nobody's wanting to be a part of it. He can destroy it. Amen. Nobody wants to go to a workplace in their right mind that is full of drama. Nobody wants to go to a workplace. Nobody wants to go home. Nobody wants to go to a church where that all there is is a bunch of drama and bunch of chaos and confusion going on. Amen. But I'm telling you, the enemy knows that. Yeah, the enemy knows that. And if he can bring chaos and confusion into whatever avenue or whatever area you're talking about, then he knows he can win the battle. Confusion is when... I'm saying one thing and you're hearing another. If that is ongoing in your life, then either a confusing spirit or, or you are one that is doing the talking. And that confusion consistently comes up, then you need to check yourself. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm saying, but I don't know what you're hearing. Have you ever tried to compliment your spouse and they heard sarcasm? That's a beautiful dress that you've got on today. I'll shut up. I know you're saying I'm fat. This don't happen at the Matthews house. I'm just talking about other places, all right? Honey, thank you for taking that garbage out. Yeah, right. You're complaining because I didn't do it three days ago. We hear it differently than what it's being said. You can say something from the depths of your soul, the very, your very heart, and yet what enters into a person's ear is much different than what has come out of your mouth. What is that? It's a Leviathan spirit. Amen. It comes and it comes to destroy because what you are saying from your heart is not what is being received in another's mind. Amen. I say you shouldn't go to bars because I've been there and it's nothing but wickedness and trouble and you'll get caught. 
and what somebody else heard, hears is pastors going to bars all the time. He gets into wickedness and he's afraid he's about to get in trouble. It is true. If you've ever been bitten by it, you know the pain of it. It hurts. I know for myself, amen, no matter how hard you try to say the right thing, it just isn't heard correctly. I've had it happen to me. I'm trying to encourage one of my best friends. I tried to encourage, and he didn't hear encouragement. He heard me being sarcastic or sharp to him. Why? Because the spirit of Leviathan tries to take those words and twist them. And what I have said is not what you have heard. And so now there is a division, there is a battle that is going on. Amen. I've had this happen. People uh, take bits and pieces of my message and then take what bits and pieces they heard and then fuse them together and then say that I said it all at one time. Amen. I've had them call my leader, say I said a thing. I said, I'll send you the CDs. That was three weeks difference. How many know you can take words and cause them to be confused because of not what somebody is saying, but what you're hearing? Amen. And the spirit is at work in the church today. It is at work in families. It is at work in our lives. And they take the words and they twist them. When the spirit of Leviathan is at work from the time that word leaves your mouth to that word is twisted and goes into their ear. What you speak from your heart is not what they hear in their ear. Leviathan is twisting the words to try to bring division. Some people say, well, I've had people tell me before and said, well, pastor, you're just preaching to me. You're trying to get me. If I have something to say to you, I'll say it to you personally. But listen, that's a spirit of pride. I've got 250 people that I, I hear on a, any given service. And, and I don't, I, and for you to say that I'm going to point you out and preach one service, give 45 minutes just for you, that's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job, and He does it real good. Amen. And so when the Holy Spirit begins, when I do my job and get the word of the Lord, amen, and then the Holy Spirit starts touching people and it's in different ways, they've got different situations, I can't help everybody here. But as I speak the word by faith that God has given me, it'll enter into your heart in different ways and the Spirit of God will touch you that it will transform you personally just like it was a message sent just for you. That's the goodness of God. Amen. But what's, what's that spirit that comes to bring division and confusion? It's not only what you hear, but it's what you see. You walk past the door and you see something. You see a man and you see a woman in there. We can't never give the benefit of the doubt. We must always assume the worst. Huh? 
I know you're more spiritual than I am, but I, I have to fight the assumption of the worst. Amen. I have to work hard at seeing the best and love and see the best and believe the best. And love doesn't deny, it doesn't ignore, it doesn't uh, ignore problems, it doesn't ignore error, it doesn't ignore sin. But love reaches out to those people even when they do have error and sin and problems. Leviathan doesn't just get you to hear the word uh, that is there, but he also wants you to hear the wrong or see the wrong thing that is there. Let me just give you an example. This didn't happen. I'm just going to give you an example. Sally calls me at two o'clock in the morning, all frantic and says, they've got Jimmy down at the prison. And I don't know what's going on. And I don't have a car. Husband's working. Could, could, you, could you go down and check it out? And I go down and check it out. And then here comes Susie down there. And it go through all this red tape. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, we get them bailed out. And at that time, George is getting off of work. And he looks over at the jail and sees me and Susie walking out. And instead of pulling up there and saying, hey, pastor, what's going on? He gets on the cell phone. Says, you ain't going to believe what I just saw. Pastor's been out with Susie all night. His hair's messed up. I think they just come out of a motel. Huh? And instead of, if you're really concerned about somebody, don't just go and uh, talking about what you thought you saw. If you're really concerned, stop and ask him, what's going on? How can I help you? Because Leviathan will take what you've seen and what you know a little bit about and start twisting it to a place that you cannot understand what is going on for real in that situation. Amen? And so, how do you deal with this? The answer is love. You don't love the spirits of the enemy, but you love the person that the spirit is working through. God says you can't deal with this alone. Amen? You can't whip him by yourself. You don't have the strength or the power. But he says you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. When a person has this Leviathan spirit on them, you cannot talk logically to them. I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you sit down. I don't care how you, you turn the, the story, try it in different ways, say it in different ways. When a spirit of Leviathan is at work in a person's life, you cannot talk logically to them. What would cause a, a, you could tell a little child three years old and they would comprehend and understand. But when this spirit is at work in a person's life, they will not be able to comprehend the heart of what you're trying to get across to them. It works in husbands and wives. It works in p parents and children. Even in the church, I've seen something that, that is half truth run like wildfire through a group of people 
before you can ever get a hold of it. And nobody wants to come and confront or talk about the issue. They just want to go add their theory to the issue. And it brings what? Chaos, confusion, and division. Amen? And so, you have to not just look at a thing. You don't have to just hear a thing. But you have to know the whole thing. It was said that you said this, but pastor, that really didn't sound like you. And I say, well, here's the rest of what I did say. And then it becomes clear and evident why I said what they thought I said. Now, instead of me looking at them with contention and anger, I'm to embrace them with love and compassion. Leviathan always works through rejection. Evil spirits will try to make you feel sorry for them. They'll come in real sorryful and remorseful and all of that to try to get you to feel sorry. But rejection, a person that fails, falls into rejection, they'll walk around the room assuming that everybody is talking about them. They say, nobody likes me, nobody wants to talk to me, nobody wants to be around me. Red flag. Amen. Because Leviathan is at work. Everybody's against you. Everybody hates, nobody wants to talk to you. When did you become so great? That everybody wanted to focus on hating you. Amen. Are you hearing me? But rejection, that spirit of rejection will put, begin to twist things in our lives until we begin. Now, there will be rejection. You, you'll be rejected for a lot of reasons. Some because you're too short, too tall, too fat, too skinny, because you're black, because you're white. All of these things, somebody will reject you. You know, but I want to tell you that you've got to get a grip on that thing and understand that that spirit has come to twist and pervert your mind and your way of thinking so that you will be overwhelmed and you will be taken out. Amen. How I know I am in, who I am and who I know I am in Christ will trump what everyone else thinks about me. You may think that I'm not much, but he says I'm chosen. You may think that I don't have it going on, but he says that I'm spiritually, that I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. That I am a chosen one. Praise God. Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And he said, some say you're Paul, some say Apollos, others another raised from the dead. But he said, who do you say I am? And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but it has come by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is what is important, my brothers and sisters. The spirit of confusion comes to twist your perception of who you really are. And the danger in that is your perception of who you are really is what you will become. 
So when you get a twisted perception that nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, and you become isolated, that's who you will become. How do you handle this? Number one, you can't reason with it. God said through Job and through Isaiah, he said that uh, you would, to be, to deal with this Leviathan, you had to have the spirit of God. Number two, you have to mark them who have a spirit of confusion. Some people can walk into a room and whenever everything is going good and they walk in a room and everything becomes chaotic. Mark them. I said mark them. That's what the Bible said to do. Amen. That caused confusion among you. And then number three is to love. Not the Leviathan spirit, but the person that that spirit has control over. You're to love them. Amen? I want to move on to its cousin, Leviathan and Python. Leviathan has a cousin called Python. Acts chapter 16. Y'all quiet this morning. You all right? All right. I didn't come looking for a shout today. I come to set somebody free. Amen. Acts chapter 16 and verse 16, it said, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl passed with a spirit of divination, divination met us who brought her master much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she said, she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to her, the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. The spirit of divination is the original, in the original uh, Greek, it means python. The python doesn't kill its prey by injecting venom into it, but it coils itself around its victim and squeezes the life out of it. And every time the prey exhales, it squeezes a little tighter until it kills the victim by suffocation. The bones aren't broken, the structure is left intact, but the breath is cut off. This snake isn't out to destroy the structure of the church. It, ha it, it doesn't matter that it has leadership, order, or government, because he knows those things alone aren't enough to sustain a church. Amen? The Laodicea church... Or, yeah, Laodicean church had structure and form. The Bible said it had riches and were increased with goods and felt they had need of nothing. But Jesus said that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And though they had money, they had prestige, they had prominence, there was no lack. They did lack the presence of God. They lacked the anointing of God. 
And Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, many times we talk about that at a time of salvation, but he was not knocking on the door of a heart of a lost individual. He was knocking on the door of the church. And he was saying, if you'll let me in. In other words, I'm not in there. The anointing is not there. The presence of God is not there. Yeah, I know it has my name on it. It's supposed to be a place they're worshiping me, but I'm not there. They've got the structure. They've got the form. They've got the leadership. But he said they do not understand that they do not have the anointing. What is it that Python spirit had curled around them until a church that was once productive, a church that was once alive and vibrant, now only have the structure left? It had no life in it. Certainly at one time it had to be a life-giving church for it to grow to this place. Certainly it had to have the anointing of God at one time for it to have the prominence that it had in the region. But now Jesus comes and visits and he says, I know the structure is there, but there's no life there. They look healthy on the outside, but they have nothing on the inside. They're full of dead men's bones. In the words of Jude, he said they have clouds without water, trees with fruit that is withered without fruit. They're twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Amen. They have all of the form of godliness, but don't have any power. Amen. And so they are on the, uh, the web. They have all of these things going on that suggest that they have uh, it all going on. But the fact of the matter is they have all of these things, but do not have the power of God. Amen. They are Ichabod without the glory of God. Amen. Without the breath and the spirit of God upon the church, it is only a corpse. Amen. The difference between a corpse and a living being is breath. The corpse has eyes, it has ears, it has hands, it has feet, arms and legs and hair, but no breath. Are you hearing me today? We need structure. We need organization. We need knowledge and to know it's good to have all of those things. Facilities ought to be kept to its finest and looking nice. Amen. But when this python spirit gets a hold of a church, all it is left is the form and the structure. But there is no power to set the captive free. Whenever this python gets a hold of an individual, it's not there to take you out. It doesn't mind if you come to church. It doesn't mind if you go through the rituals. It doesn't mind even if you participate in the service as long as you do not have any life in you. Amen. It not only attacks the church, but it attacks people. And I've watched the painful process as pastor of watching people go through this painful process of spiritual death while setting in the church once on fire, once vibrant, once God was moving in their lives and you could see the glory in their eyes as you looked into their eyes. 
but watch them as they stand in the midst of worship. Watch them as the word goes forth. And yet day by day, time by time, you see the python spirit mangling around them and squeezing a little tighter and a little tighter until the fire of God has gone out in their hearts. They have no praise any longer. They have no song anymore. There's no strength inside of them. Why? Because a python spirit has stuffed them out. And while the form is still there, there is no power. The spirit of Leviathan and Python will team up on you to take you out. You become confused. And then the spirit of rejection comes upon you. Everybody is against you. Leviathan comes in that lonely dark place and the python spirit crawls up and begins to put the squeeze on your life. And before long, you find yourself not even wanting to go to a place to worship God with your brothers and your sisters. People think because they come to church and don't do bad things that everything is okay. But he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to them it is sin. The python doesn't mind the form of godliness as long as you don't have any power, any life. How is it that we can come into church here and worship God Amen. Worship the God of the universe and you act like you're bored. How is it that you can sit and hear the word of life? This isn't my words. I'm just honored to share these words. These are the words of life. These are the words of resurrection power. These are the words that bring strength and hope. Praise God. How is it that we can hear these words and never be moved? I've heard it all, all kinds of excuses. Amen. I've heard all kinds of things, the lies that the enemy have told people. Amen. And they just, uh, well, I'm just not emotional. God made you emotional. That's the reason why that whenever... People see a little dog get killed on a movie. They go to crying. Amen. I don't suggest this to anybody that preaches, but one time I, I was in a church and it was dead. I mean dead, twice, twice plucked up by the roots. And I couldn't get them to move for nothing. They, they just sat there and looked at me like mummies. And so I said, forget the word, I'm going to tell them a story. And I told them about a little dog that got killed on the road. I didn't see this dog, but I told him about it. I told him how this little dog was so cute, and I went through all that mess, and they they were crying. And I didn't call them idiots, but I thought it. And I said, I just told you a story about a dog that wasn't even true, and you crying up in here, and I've been telling you about Jesus for three days that died upon a cross, and you can't even get excited about that. (laughs) 
I don't suggest that to anybody, but it is the truth. My brothers and sisters, we get so, we, we, we're emotional about everything else, but when we come to church, we flip the switch. Amen. But I want to tell you, if there is any place that is exciting, it ought to be the house of God. Amen. And if you can't get excited about the word of God, if you can't get excited about going around the throne room of God's grace and his mercy and just beginning to serenade heaven and angels having to step back just so your worship can get to the throne. If that don't turn you on, then a python is killing you and it's strangling you and you need to get that spirit off of your life. You see, people are emotional because God created us with emotions. If you don't have emotions, you're weird, my friend. Amen. Guys will go home tonight and they'll, they're, they're, today and they'll be hollering for one thing or another. Either their team is losing or their team is winning. Amen. And we'll be yelling. I remember having Sunday night service and sometimes it'd be depressing because the folks that come in, they'd be dragging. I say, what's wrong with you? Oh, we lost today. I said, you lost. Yeah, I said, when'd you start playing? I wish people would get connected to their church that way. I wish people would get connected to lives that way. And whenever we didn't have some life change, somebody come to Christ, we'd go away a little disappointed and pray a little harder the next week saying we, we didn't get it done today, but bless God, we're going to do it next week. Glory to God. We're going to see victory. Amen. But you see, this python comes and it snuffs the life out of us all so slowly that whenever we breathe in and exhale, it's then that he puts a little bit tighter crimp on us. Until we don't know that we're not enjoying worship anymore. Until we don't even recognize we're not reading the word anymore. Until we're not hungry for the goodness and the presence of God any longer. And, and we're lifeless. You say, well, that's just personal between me and God. No, God made it. Worship is something that is exuberant. It is full of life. And it is not just personal, but it is for us to come together in a public place and worship him with exuberance. And with praise. Amen. I'm not attacking you. I'm just attacking the spirit and confronting that spirit that will get on you. Where that you won't lift your hands. Where you won't bless God. Where you won't praise him. Because Python has wrapped its spirit around you and you're dying. And it's my job to sound the alarm and say you're under an attack and you've got to get that thing off of you. Amen. This python spirit comes to cut your spiritual correlation off. Or cir- excuse me, circulation off. Have you ever laid on your arm wrong at night? And you woke up and that arm was still there, but you couldn't feel it. It wouldn't work. I mean, it's still there, but, you know, felt like needles going through it. But you couldn't, you know, couldn't get the coffee. That's terrible, ain't it? You couldn't use it. It's still there. But the circulation had been cut off. How many have ever had circulation cut off to a part of your body? And it's still there, but it's numb to everything. 
And that's what happens when a python spirit comes. You're spiritually, you're, you still love God, but, but it, that, that life isn't there. You don't feel it anymore. You're not excited about it any longer. You can't, cannot feel the spirit of God moving. Make no mistake about it. He's always moving. I said he's always moving. But we can't feel him moving because a python spirit has strangled up and snuffed out our spiritual life until we cannot feel or sense the presence of God any longer. Bible likens his spirit to a river. He said in John, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Ohio River, I know I've said it before, but the Ohio River is, is flowing right now. Nobody's maybe watching it, but it's flowing. It's flowing at three o'clock in the morning. Nobody has to watch it. Nobody has to be aware of it. Nobody has to be fishing. The, 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 the water is flowing all the time. And I want to say to you today, my brothers and sisters, the spirit of God is always flowing. It is always running. But we have to be able to sense it and be aware of it. And when this python spirit comes on us and begins to... But what happens? All the while, a python spirit is turning around inside of them, beginning to take their very life out of them. And then they go back to the world. Because church isn't exciting to them no more. They don't have any joy anymore. They can't feel the presence of God any longer. And so therefore, they just go back to where they came from. And it's my job to expose the enemy. So you can rise up and fight that thing in the spirit and say, I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to be confused. I'm not going to feel the spirit of rejection isn't going to work. I'm not going to allow that python to wrap around me any longer. But by the power and the grace of God, I'm going to pull it off today. And I'm going to go into the river of God. Hallelujah. What I'm dealing with today, what I'm talking with you today is not something that I'm dealing with on a personal level or anything that I'm aware of in this church is not the reason that I'm speaking upon this. Why I'm speaking today is preventive medicine. But there might be somebody today that you, as the word of God has gone forth, you've heard it and you realize there is a Leviathan spirit. I'm, I'm just confused all the time. I don't understand. I feel rejected all along. Maybe it's that python spirit that's pulling around you and you say, you know what? I don't enjoy reading the word of God like I used to. I, don't in, I haven't been engaged in worship. I haven't been loving God. Maybe it's so. Maybe I need to break through from this spirit today. If it finds you where you are, then I want to encourage you today to break free from it. How do you break free, Pastor? Well, the scripture is very clear. We can't do it on our own. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we stand here this morning, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, today's a great day to receive Jesus. If you've drawn cold and indifferent that python, you recognize that python has already taken the life out of you, you can be restored and renewed today.
If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, you know what? I feel that rejection. I feel like that overwhelming confusion in my life. And I just want the Holy Spirit's help today. Whatever it is, if he's spoken to you in these past few moments, I want to invite you now to come and let us believe God together as our altar workers come and minister as well. Let's believe God together this morning. That whatever that thing is, it comes off of you today in the name of Jesus. And we have the victory in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God, I pray for liberty in this house now. I pray, God, that every spirit of the enemy be exposed, the Leviathan. I pray for the Python spirit to be exposed today. And I ask you, God, for boldness, holy boldness for each and every one here. We're not here to judge. We're here to, uh, to compliment each other and to complete each other. And so today, I pray as your anointing is touching us, let our lives be changed. Infuse us with your power and let us go forth today in the name of the Lord, knowing that we we have victory over our enemy. And I give you praise and thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer today, come on. Let's pray together. Let's pray together.